Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit, tribal, and magic the gathering. On this episode, Watsy decided to let the werewolf out of the bag. And also, there's some counterfeit stuff going on. Do I have you curious? I hope so. So let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco. A medium that wears an extra extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter. Please follow at MTG Ectoplasm. I would appreciate it. Also, MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. That's right. That's my personal website. You can reach out to me directly, letting me know am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job. And then finally, MTG Ectoplasm.com, where it's my, my personal website where I have the latest and greatest episodes. And if you want to donate to the show or sponsor an episode, you can do that there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before I continue with the show, I got something to ask you. I'm going to ask you kindly to do for me. Wherever you're streaming this podcast, okay, whatever service you're using, do me a favor. There's that follow, like, subscribe button. Hit that thing for me. I'm not charging you a dime, a nickel, a peso, a pound, a euro. I'm not charging you nothing, all right? So I want you to do me a favor. Hit that button for me. So when I put out the latest and greatest episode, you're able to listen to it right away. Also, uh, don't be afraid to share this podcast with your friends and family. I provide some good content, especially when it comes to the line of uh, spirits and magic the gathering. Well, now that the pleasantries are over and done with, we can get to the nitty gritty. We can go to the topic of the day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I stated before, once he decided to sit there and let the werewolf out of the bag. And what I mean by that is on Friday, this patent during this week, um, I could have done the, this particular episode sooner, but I wanted to make sure I got all the base content out to make sure uh, I got all the information. Because there's a couple things that a lot of people are not mentioning about this. And what happened, or what ha- happened, is that on Friday, Watsy started doing a p- quick preview of Innistrad in a strad midnight hunt now it was pretty nice a nice three gentlemen from watsy themselves were discussing the products and uh the packaging and uh how the booster packs and the uh draft packs and the collector's packs and yada 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 right and then they spoiled a couple cards which i will get into detail with there with you about but it, it it you know they, they just went over the surface and they they mentioned some commander but they they glazed over it as well they're like you could see the packaging packaging and you could see some a little blue there but that's all you can see 
and, and, you know, I wanted to do further research. I want to give you, the listening audience, a lot more than just the quick glance over that Watsi gave us. So, by me doing the research, I was able to come up with just a little bit more. So, let me break it down. Innistrad Midnight Hunt... Or sorry, Midnight Hunt. I keep on making that mistake between Hunt and Hunt. I don't like how this rolls off my tongue, personally. But Innistrad, Midnight Hunt, is the 89th Magic Expansion. It will be released September 24th, and is it in, it is it is paired with Innistrad Crimson Vow, which gets released two months later. Crimson Vow will be released November 19th. Both Innistrad sets are both full-size sets, full sets and are standard legal. Midnight Hunt, Haunt will contain 277 cards, including basic lands. There were colored versions and black and white versions of the lands. So let me, let me go back through this paragraph real quick that I basically butchered and say this. What Watsi decided to do is make these full sets but mini sets in one set, meaning that they had enough product or enough cards that they could make two separate products out of it but have the same feel. Now, uh, this is the first time they've ever done something like this, and especially broke apart a particular, uh, I guess, plane. Because in recent years, we've gone from Ikoria to, uh, I guess, Ikoria to uh, uh, Zendikar, and then from Zendikar to Dominaria, and from Dominaria to Ravnica, and then from here to there. We haven't stayed on a particular plane for too long. And this will be the first time we actually stay on a plane in two sets back-to-back in a while. Now, the cool thing is that they're going to be released two months after each other. Now, I like that, but at the same time, I don't like that at all. Why? Because I think Watsi right now, unfortunately, is producing so much product that we don't get to sit there and appreciate the product that's being put in front of our faces at the current moment. Uh, I just got done watching a a beautiful uh, uh, video that the professor uh, from Tellarian uh, community Co- community college put out and it stated that there was so much product being out there that we are losing lore we're losing the enjoyment of story in the product and we're just going eh, next next and it shouldn't be that way for example uh he brought up a good point where it goes, do you know the 10 realms of uh, Kaldheim? And the only one I can tell you literally that I can remember 
is this full? And the only reason why I know is full at all is because that's the realm of the spirits. That's it. If you ask me for any other realm, I have zero clue. But back in the day, and I hate to sound like such a boomer, but, you know, I have to be honest. You know, back in the day, we stayed in a particular uh, plane for an extended period of time. During Urza Saga, we stayed in Dominaria. Well, that's really a bad example because as soon as Urza Saga ended, we still stayed in Dominaria because of an invasion block. Uh, I guess the best way to go is uh, when we went from Kamagawa, you know, we went to Kamagawa. We stayed in Kamagawa for a couple blocks, a uh, couple sets. Uh, we went to Ravnica, stayed there for a couple sets. Uh, went to Mirrodin, stayed there for a couple sets. So the point is that this, you know, within a year we stayed in a particular area. And we got to learn the lore. We got to learn of the of the people, the tribe, the feeling of the particular plane. Because I can ask many of you who have played uh, with Ravnica, and I can go, well, tell me about, uh, I don't know, uh, tell me about Azorius. And you could break down the lineage of Azorius. Tell me about Balboros or Golgari. You could easily do that. Demir, uh, Rakdos. You could easily do that. Now, the only reason why you could somewhat say that uh, with Strixhaven is because that was their key thing. That was like the thing that made that particular lore in that set viable. But if I ask, you know, as somebody who recently played, oh, tell me about Prismari. They're going to go, Prism what's Prismari? Lorehold, tell me about Laurel. Uh, I don't know. Silver Quill, mm, I have no clue. So that that's the point I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're going through so many sets that we're forgetting the essence, and it upsets me that we're going to go through in a strut. Unfortunately, in less than I'd say three month period, and then it's gone. And we won't be back to Innistrad till whenever, probably another three to four years. But I'm happy to see Innistrad back. I love this. I love Innistrad, especially because that's the home of where our spirit tribe truly began, or the 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 essence from you know uh, drug school captain forward, where the essence of our tribe began. Now, as I mentioned, when I said about basic lands. Uh, there will be colored basic lands, but they decided to do something different. They have extended art black and white lands with the borders that are colored. For example, uh, the mountains will have like a red texture going around the image. Forests will have the green. Islands will have the blue. Black, uh, so for example, the swamps will have a hint of purple. I was a little disappointed when it came to the plains because it was just white. I expected like a maybe a little cream or a little hint of yellow something to make it stand out. And no, it was just basic black and white for white. But what I will say is the art on the extended art or just in general has this great autumn feel. 
where you get to see pumpkins and scarecrows. Oh, I, I truly love the essence of what I'm seeing. You could tell that uh, the last time we were there in 2016, I believe it was 2016, I may be incorrect, but when we were there during uh, Aldrazi Moon, as I like to call it, or Eldridge Moon, that Emra Cole is now trapped in the moon of Innistrad. And all the Aldrazi that were there are starting to wither away. They are disappearing. And now, whatever was left, whatever was happening, is now gone. It's receding. And Innistrad is returning anew, but with a twist. Now, I'm going to highlight the storyline. What happens, or what happened, as I love to say, R&D wanted to reset Innistrad to its 2011 version where monsters from the classic horror films frighten humans and who will end up protecting the human race. Since Avicen is dead, who will help and assist these humans? Hmm... Well, what happens or what's going on, there's a Harvest Tide Festival and a ritual with warlocks that they do to maintain balance. They're hoping that these rituals will free them from everything that's going to happen soon. Because despite whatever they're doing, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting longer. Sounds like winter's coming. But unfortunately, this winter has that cold winter's creepy feel of death. Now, the Crimson Vow set will feature vampires, while Midnight Hunt will focus primarily on werewolves. As I said before, uh, during the Watsi preview, several cards were spoiled. Now, I- I'm going to read to you quick, real quick what they are, and then I'm going to read each card for what they do. The cards that were spoiled were Consider, Infernal Grasp, Play with Fire, Join the Dance, Champion of the Perished, Triskedecophile, and then Ren and Seven. Now I thought it was pretty neat. It's like, ooh, the Ren and Six got an upgrade. I guess he uh, wanted to upgrade his tree that he manifested into. It's kind of weird. But I'm going to start with Consider. Now, this was one card that people were saying, well, couldn't they just use a particular word to change things around? And I'll explain to you why and why not in a second. Consider is a instant for one blue. Look at the top card of your library. You may look at that card. uh, Sorry. Look at... I'm having one of these nights, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. Look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. Draw a card. Now, I know many of you are going, well, Dwight, that's surveil. Surveil for one. 
If I have to look at the top card of my library and put it into the graveyard, that's definitely surveil. Why didn't Watsy end up putting just putting surveil? And as explained by Gavin Varhey, or Varhe, I don't know how the gentleman pronounced it, he basically stated stated that surveil is not an evergreen ability, and because that because it's not evergreen. They didn't want to put it on that card. Second of all, there have been several cards in the past that they don't put evergreen words because they want to make it available for the new player, the novice, to come and go, okay, this is what you want me to do? Okay, I can do it. Instead of pointing surveil one, and then all of a sudden sudden you're scratching your head like, what the hell is surveil one? So I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm with uh, I I appreciate uh, Gavin's uh, sincerity when discussing this card, and this is a pretty good card. I like it. It's the you can see it's the juxtaposed to opt where you put the card on the bottom of the library. Well, no, I will put this in my graveyard. So that's consider. Now the next card is Triskaidekaphile. One generic mana, one blue. It's a 1-3 human wizard. It states, you have no maximum hand size. This is perfect for EDH slash commander. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have exactly 13 cards in your hand, you win the game. I have an idea for this. Give me a minute. Then you can either tap three generic mana and a blue, draw a card. Now, my idea for this, ladies and gentlemen, hear me out, is if you're playing a blue-black deck, you put Necropotence in there. If the Necropotence is legal, I don't know. I'm just thinking it is. Um, You win the game. Just saying. You put the Necropotence out. You put this thing out there. Boom, boom, boom. Um, you draw 13 cards. You win the game. Love said. Now, the next card, I love I love the flavor, what they did with this. Uh, even though us as a spirit tribe, we can't. I'm I just not a fan of humans. I can't stand humans. I loathe humans. I, play, I, I hate playing against humans. I, I enjoy being a human. But other than that, I just can't stand humans. And the the one thing I did like is Champion of the Perished, which is the, I guess, brother or sister card of Champion of the Perish. And similarly to Champion of the Perish, Champion of the Perished is one black mana, and it is a zombie for 1-1. One, one. It's a 1-1. One, one. And it reads, whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Champion of the Perished. Now, it's kind of funny. If you look at the uh, flavor text, the flavor text on both of them uh, resemble each other very closely. I love the feel of this card. Big fan. Now, the next card is Infernal Grasp. It's one generic and one black instant destroy target creature you lose two life well let me begin by saying 
this is an extremely powerful card. Now, for the novice listening to the show, you're going to go, well, you're losing two life, Dwight. I don't know about that. Well, let me just tell you, my friend, losing two life is okay. Life is a basically a way of playing the game. It's like putting cards into your graveyard or exiling cards from your graveyard or discarding your hand, sacrificing creatures. Life, life loss is nothing new to this game. But the fact that you can destroy any creature, there's no limit on color here or if it's artifact, it's very strong. The only thing it does not do is it doesn't, I guess, destroy uh, indestructible. Unfortunately, those have to be exiled. But for generic and black and paying two life, an extremely powerful card, and I like it a lot. Now in red, they ended up giving us play with fire, which is one red generic mana it's an instant and it reads play with fire deals two damage to any target if a target is dealt damage this turn scry one i like this because it gives you options it makes you decide do i end up hurting the creature or do i hit the opponent and if i hit the opponent you know what I could look at the next card, and if it doesn't fit my needs, well, the bottom of the library you go. There's options here. Of course, this is, you know, it's no lightning bolt. But if you had a lightning bolt that allowed you to scry, it'd be extremely powerful. So playing with fire, is it on the same level? No, but it's right there. It's truly right there. If Lightning Bolt is a, you know, a 10, I give Playing With Fire a 9.8. Now in green, Watsy gave us Ren and 7, which is three generic, two green, legendary planeswalker named Ren with a loyalty of 5. Now, i got to zoom in here because the lettering is very, very tiny for me. Now, if you plus one the loyalty, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Now, zero loyalty. You may put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Oh, bad. Negative three loyalty. Create a creature, create a green tree. Man. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Create a green tree folk creature token with reach. And this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. What I will say is that's extremely powerful. And then finally, negative eight loyalty. Return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. 
you get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. Well, what I will say, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't as strong as Renin 6. I don't know how it will fit in Modern. I have no clue how it will fit in Pioneer or any other uh, format. But when it comes to lands, I'm not the first one to sneeze or underestimate anything that allows you to put lands directly into play or get them back into your hand. I think a lot of us have learned our lesson uh, because of Crucible Worlds and other similar cards very comparable to that. And then I have a multicolored card, Join the Dance. Join the Dance is a green and white, a sorcery, and it says create two 1-1 one, one white human creature tokens. Now what's amazing is that there's an ability that is returning. And allegedly, allegedly, ladies and gentlemen, it may just be returning this mechanic in only multicolored colored cards. And that is flashback. This has a flashback ability of three generic, a green, and a white. Now, from what I can see, the images, the the feel so far, it feels like an Estrada. I love that that sensation. That, and especially since uh, we're in the midst of summer, I have to admit it, we're in the middle of summer, but fall is coming around the corner. I love autumn. My favorite ho- holiday of all time is Halloween. I can't get enough of it. I set up my house all in spiders because I'm arachnophobic. So the best way to get over your fear is make your house the fear. Now, there will be two commander decks that will be released with Midnight Hunt. Now, what hasn't been said to by most people is the name of Midnight Hunt. The first is Undead Unleashed. Now, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be bright. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I believe this will be, sincerely, a zombies deck. Just because this says Undead Unleashed. Now, the next one is called Covenant Counters. Now, I know some of you out there who are Murph, uh, not Murfolk, sorry, uh, werewolf fans may be a little disappointed thinking, where are my werewolves? This Covenant Counters thing sounds like something witches and warlocks. And I'm going to say, I'm going to lead to Warlocks here. I believe this would be a Warlock set or a Warlock uh, fashioned commander deck. But there was another video released actually today, uh, August 11th, and Gavin Varhe explained why there is not a werewolf 
commander deck. And the reason he explained is because of the process they take to create these cards. It's tedious and difficult. And the fact that the, because these are module cards, meaning they have to flip on one side and flip the other, if you wanted to put them in a, if you didn't want to sleeve these decks up, it, it would be unfair. So you have to use check cards. So it means you have to add more cards to the uh, commander deck besides the Murph, uh, the Murph again, uh, with the werewolves. So that's the reason why. But he believes in the near future we will end up seeing a werewolf commander deck. Now, for the other Innistrad, Crimson Vow, where we see uh, Soren Markov making his appearance somehow magically uh, disappearing or getting removed from Cinderblock, he's going to a wedding. And the question is, whose vampiric wedding is he going to? But there will be another two commander decks for that set. Now, one's called Vampiric Bloodline, and I'm going to take a cautious guess. Vampiric Bloodline, I'm going to guess Vampires. I don't know what made me think that, but I'm thinking it. Now, the next one, I know many of you in the spirit community are going to be jumping up and down, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs, going, yay, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. That deck, then the other commander deck, is going to be called Spirit Squadron. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Spirit Squadron. And I'll tell you right now, if that deck is filled with geists and nothing more than geists, and not spirits, I will be irate. I'm just letting you know now. I will be personally irate. This better be spirits and badass great spirits. Hopefully something we can put in our modern and pioneer decks where we can kick our opponent's ass. Tell me what you guys think. Reach out to me, mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know. You think Spirit Squadron is going to be just spirits or geists? I know some of you are like, I'm not, I'm not emailing you. You're just being silly now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of segment number one. Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Magic the Gathering's 89th expansion set to be released August 24th. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me say in my previous episodes, and I'm saying it again, I have a special announcement, and I want to thank my friends at Wrecked Productions. That's W-R-E-C-K, the letter D, productions.com. You've heard me shout them out on this uh, show previously. Uh, they've worked with me to help me uh, get my podcast to where it is. And on August 16th, 
five days from now. August 16th, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. I will be doing a live stream podcast on Twitch at my MTG Ectoplasm channel. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going live. You're going to see me in my double X goodness. And I will have a special guest. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I will have a one of like uh, one of the masters of spirits. I wish I could have them both, but I'm getting one. And I'm going to let you know on my next podcast who it is. So for those hoping, they're going to go, okay, he may slip up and tell me who that is. I'm not going to tell you this episode. The next episode, I will genuinely tell you who this individual is. They will be with me for almost an hour and a half, hopefully an hour and a half of a show. I know I'm excited. I'm jovial. I'm giddy. I cannot wait for August 16th, 930 Eastern Standard Time to get here. And I want to see you there on Twitch. I want to see, I want you to go, wow, this is what this guy looks like. This is what he's doing. Okay. He's stepping up his game. Not a problem. He shouts us out. It's time for us to shout him out. So August 16th, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time on Twitch at my MTG Ectoplasm channel. Now, segment number two, ladies and gentlemen. Segment number two has to deal with counterfeit shrink wrap. Now, most of you are like, what the hell? What are you talking about here? Shrink wrap. Now, for those of you who buy boxes, you'll notice every time you buy a box, you will have this wonderful cellophane that covers your wonderful box that says Wizards of the Coast. Now, what most of you are unaware is there's a particular website right now that's out there that's selling that cellophane that heat did shrink wrap for $36.41. It's bootleg. That means it's possible for fraud. How do I know this, ladies and gentlemen? Because in a previous episode, you heard me talk about Amazon and how Amazon currently is selling boxes on there and they're selling fraudulent boxes, fraudulent collector boxes, fraudulent uh, booster packs, fraudulent uh, uh, packs. Why? Because... Amazon doesn't know how to check for these things. When I stated before, a gentleman went out there, he bought a case, that means six boxes of Time Spiraled Remastered. And he discovered, after opening four, that each one was, each box was opened, each pack was opened, pre-opened the the really good rare was taken out and replaced with a janky rare 
Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this this isn't. I'm not making this up. I I'm, I wish I could lie to you. I wish that Amazon could sit there and go, mm, "We're gonna step our game. We're gonna learn how to." T-. No, it's up to us, the individual, to keep an eye on this. And the scary thing is that I went to a, a LGS this week and I asked them, "Are you aware of this counterfeit shrink wrap?" And they told me no. They were completely surprised. They go, well, it doesn't affect me because this this happens to people who buy their product on Amazon. They don't come to the local LGS to buy because they're thinking they're going to save 5 to $6 on the price of a box. So they're thinking they're making out. And especially if they're buying a case, they're saving 30 maybe $40. But they're getting hit. So the LGS is like, well, it, it doesn't f- affect me directly. Then I asked my simple question. What would you do if you had a person come to you, sell you an old box? Let's say, for example, oh, Eldridge Moon with the plastic uh, shrink wrap. Would you buy it? And he goes, hands down. Like, how much would you give? It's like, I'd probably give the guy maybe uh, 300 for it. Okay. I know you can get a lot more, but, you know, he this person wants to generate a profit. I understand where he's coming from. I was like, well, what happens if you see it sealed and you think there's nothing bad about it? He goes, yeah, there, there shouldn't be. If it has that solving shrink wrap, I'm good. I was like, what happens if everything in there is counterfeit and you had no clue, but you went by the seal he basically told me he would be irate he'd be pissed he'd want to call the cops and uh press charges against the person for fraud i was like yeah but what's stopping someone from doing that to you that gentleman sat there for a moment and thought holy crap this could end up being a this could end up affecting me. Not only does it affect my clientele that comes in through the door, it could affect my business in the future. So I'm here to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, how you can tell what is counterfeit. And I'm going to ask you kindly. I know it, we're, we like to be cheap. We like to be frugal spending our money and always looking for the deal. But I, I'm going to ask you kindly. If you are ever going to buy boxes or buy cases of Magic the Gathering product, please, 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 I implore you go to your LGSs and purchase the product because they're not going to do you dirty. It's not in their interest. So this is how you're going to know the difference between the counterfeit and non-counterfeit. Now, I know it's going to be a little difficult me explaining to the my uh, through podcast world and it's easier to show you visibly but it's easier to explain 
when you look at the standard Wizards of the Coast logo, okay, you will notice, especially with the shrink wrap, that it bends heavy at the end toward the right. And it bends hard at the right. So it looks like a little fishtail. With the counterfeit, it does not fishtail. It stays rectangle, like a square. No bending, no nothing, just a basic rectangle. That's how you know the difference between the counterfeiting. That's the only way I currently have personally seen the difference with counterfeiting. Now, these counterfeiters are getting smarter every day. They're, they're getting wise to the little, a little foil seals that they have at the bottom for the rare cards or the particular flashlight you know, gimmick where you put underneath your cards and you can see the difference. These counterfeiters are getting smart, ladies and gentlemen. And why? Because not only do we love this game, it's a collectible card game that has value. And because it has value, people are always looking to get a quick buck, and I don't want that at your expense. I want you to love Magic the Gathering as much as I do, and I want to make sure you continue loving Magic the Gathering as I do for as long as I played. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I played this game for over 20-plus years, and I can't get enough. And if someone steals from me or screws me over, I might, and I probably would quit this game because of it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I have to say about that. Why don't you share your thoughts with me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com? Write to me. Let me know your thoughts. Because I really like to hear how you feel. Are you in agreement with me? Are you not in agreement with me about this counterfeiting? Is it something that we're just like, it's a passing thing. Do I, don't worry, you're making too much of it. out of it. You let me know. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our show. I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate it for the thousands and thousands of you listening around the world. I want to say thank you. I humbly appreciate it. So this weekend, when you're playing Magic the Gathering and kicking ass, make sure you tell your opponent to say, that's Bushi. I'll see you guys next time. I'm out.